Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are who you are. And I thank you that you reveal yourself as Father. I thank you that we are safe with you, that no one will snatch us out of your hands, that we are not orphaned. Lord, that we are sons and daughters of a king. We are sons and daughters of a father. And Lord, our hearts cry is display your splendor, display your kingdom. Let people see the greatness, the authority, the power of who you are, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. We've been doing a series on the kingdom. And for all those who are visiting, my name is Clayton. I originally come from South Africa. I've now been here 10 years. So if you trying to work out my accent. I don't really have a country right now. I have a green card. I'm not a citizen here. They don't even want me anymore. I sound like this. My wife, some people meet her and they ask if she's South African because she kind of picked it up from me. So we sound weird. We've been doing a series on the kingdom, which has been quite expansive. It's been growing in my heart, obviously, and we want to continue that this week. The reason we've been doing a series on the kingdom is obviously because the Lord just spoke to me and said to do that. But I want to just say that when the people of Israel went from Egypt to Canaan, to the promised land, they were not a kingdom people. Please hear what I'm saying, because kingdom in the Old Testament is a physical kingdom, yes? It's a kingdom with a wall around. That's not the understanding we have of kingdom in the New Testament. So when the Bible talks about kingdom, let my kingdom come, you can't take a kingdom. It's not that. It's the king's domain. It's the dominion, the rule, the authority of our king, which is Christ. Now, When the people of Israel, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, that the lessons were given to them for warnings to us. So we look at their story, we read it through New Testament eyes, through New Testament spectacles in a sense, and we translate, what does that mean for us? When they were in Egypt, they weren't thinking like a kingdom people because they didn't have a kingdom. They were a people, but they were acting and thinking like slaves because that's what they were. Then they got set free, and they got set free, and they went into the desert. So now they were free, but they still weren't thinking like a kingdom because they didn't have a kingdom yet. They're thinking like free people, but still actually thinking like Egypt. They were just nomads and wandering from place to place. And one of the reasons I believe God put it on our hearts to speak about kingdom is because when Israel got into their promised land, they had a physical space. They had a kingdom that from that position, they could bring influence. When we are going to our first physical space, to think like Free Life Church has thought for years, there's actually a difference in thinking when you become established in a place and from there you begin to have influence into the city, over people, into families. It's a different way of thinking. And it's a kingdom way of thinking. And we have to retrain our minds to think like a kingdom person. The kingdom was the focus of Christ. A lot of these things we've gone over, I unfortunately cannot recap. Some of you who are new won't make all that much sense to you, some of what we have talked about. But the kingdom is our given priority. Seek ye first the kingdom. The kingdom or the dominion of the king, that's what it means, the king's domain. The kingdom is in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that in Romans 14, verse 17, that the kingdom, so that basically means that all the kingdom realities, whether it's healing or power or salvation or hearing God's voice or whatever, purity in the heart or the transformation of a person's heart to believe, any kingdom reality will come through the person of the Holy Spirit onto the earth. Yes? Wonderful. Then we've been stuck on this next point for a couple weeks. The kingdom is to be released by the church. And I've said it again and again and again. I used to work for a company uh, called Integrated Agencies. We were an agency for Gillette, Duracell, Oral-B and Braun and all those We had to sell all these things, and we weren't the actual company, we weren't Gillette, but we were the 
agency through which they sold their products. Now the church is like that for the kingdom of God because the kingdom is far bigger than the church. Far bigger. But the church, the church, the called out ones, the ecclesia, the one who has Christ in their heart, the global church, is the agency through which the kingdom comes to earth. Okay, very, very important to understand. When I say that, I always have people say, that sounds awesome. What do I do? What does that mean for me? What does that mean? Because many people can go to church, they can check the boxes, they can pay the money so they think God's less angry with them, and all these silly religious ideas that we have of whatever religion has done to you. Because religion, unfortunately, is very damaging to some people. And by religion, I mean form without power. It's just do the thing, you know. There's no love in your heart. There's no real relationship with Christ in your heart. So what does it mean for the kingdom to come through my life? For the kingdom to come through us as a church? For the kingdom to come into a city? It is obviously much more than this, but just to help us get a beginning of understanding, we preached about the kingdom is released through decisions. Very, very powerful. I don't have time to go over it. Kingdom decisions. In every decision you make, there's a kingdom option. And the kingdom option will end in fruit that lasts, in fruit that's good. And sometimes it's a very hard decision because it's totally different from the culture of this world. To be a kingdom person means I want heaven cult heaven's culture here. And the cultures of this earth are dictated by the prince of the ruler of the air, which is not the Lord, it's the devil. I'm sorry to speak so plain in children's church, but that is how it is. And demons are very real, very real. And they infect the way we think and so forth. So some of the cultures that we are surrounded by are actually patterned after something that is not heaven. So when you make kingdom decisions, sometimes it seems so opposite to everyone around you. Who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah, it makes no sense sometimes. All right. Then there's declaration, the power of speech, the power of declaration. And we spoke about that last week. This week, I want to speak to you about demonstration. Can I read you something just in terms of the, the thoughts of the heart? I want to just, before we move on to the demonstration of the kingdom, this is from a medical journal, and I've always said, you know, in terms of kingdom thinking, kingdom thinking, friends, the way we think is very loud. Somebody once said, your thoughts are shouts in heaven. You know, the Bible says, think on things above. Think on noble things. Why? Why is thinking, why are thoughts so important? I don't have all the time to go into that, obviously, but to think a kingdom way is so revolutionary and so powerful it teaches us to obey, the Bible says. The Bible speaks about the thoughts of the heart. You've all read that, the thoughts of the heart. It makes no sense in the world because we think with our brains. But the Bible says the thoughts of the heart. This is some medical facts. The heart begins to form in the fetus before the brain. The source of the heartbeat is in the heart, not the brain. When they do a heart transplant, very interesting, they cannot reconnect the heart and the brain. The heart beats on its own, which they cannot discover where that original burst of electricity comes from. The electrical impulse of a heart can be measured from four to six feet from the body. The heart actually casts a magnetic field that can be measured four to six feet, depending on the strength of the physical heart and, I believe, of the spirit in you. It can actually be measured, a magnetic field. These are medical facts. Okay? I didn't just make these up. The heart's vascular system is 60,000 miles long, can wrap around the earth twice. The heart sends more information to the brain than the brain does to the heart. The thoughts of the heart. Jesus knew this. God knew this thousands of years ago. Different people's heart cells, if you take them out and put them in a Petri dish, will all beat in unison in a Petri dish. They will come, even just a little heart cell, 
will beat in unison if you put them together. Different people's brain cells in a petri dish will not communicate with each other and they will die. The electricity generated by the heart. Who's ever felt the power of God come in their body? And I've prayed for so many people and they've said it felt like electricity went through me. The electricity generated by the heart can be detected and measured in the brain patterns of another person nearby. Who's ever been sitting there and you just feel and you turn around and the person's staring at you? And you like turn around and you look at them. Who knows what I'm talking about? Okay. What's actually happening there, even scientifically, because science doesn't prove God. God proves science. God was way before science. And what actually happens is your heart casts a magnetic field. This is actually very spiritual, but I'm trying to explain it in a way we can understand. I've always said you build your house with your thoughts. The way you think, the thoughts of your heart, you're surrounded by them. That's why when a person who carries a deep sense of depression walks into a room, you can feel it. It's like, oh, it changes the atmosphere. But their thought builds the house in which they live. And they walk everywhere with all these things, all these thoughts. They literally build their own house and they live in it. And it can actually influence other people. How much more in the supernatural? How much more in the spiritual realm? That's why we call it stinking thinking. Because it really affects your world. But friends, why do I say this? God is a God of the heart. Yes, we need to use our minds. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. He's a God of the heart, not just your physical heart, but your spirit. He's a God of the heart, and we've put it down to, we've got to try to figure out intellectually. And if it doesn't make sense intellectually, then it cannot be true. Friends, that is, in the last 50 to 100 years on the earth, for thousands of years before, it was, it just doesn't feel right. It just, there's something supernatural, there's something beyond, there's something greater, there's something bigger. And we've dumbed it all down to a brain. It's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. You determine the house you live in by the way you think. And I encourage you, when you put this in your heart, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. Put it in your heart, because it has greater authority than anything else in heaven and earth. Demonstration. What does it mean to release the kingdom of God through demonstration? Now, when we talk about demonstration, primarily we're talking about two things, a life lived and God's power. A life lived, a life of character. A life lived, a demonstration of this is what my life looks like. To the world, you look different. It is actually a form of you demonstrating the kingdom. I think different. I live different. I make decisions different. I speak different. Just like I said before, you can hear that I'm not from here because of my accent. My accent gives me away. A kingdom person's speech gives them away that they are of another kingdom. That they are aliens and strangers and foreigners in the world. Unfortunately, most times you cannot tell the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian until they tell you they're a Christian. It's very sad. But we are kingdom people. We are kingdom kids. That's what we used to say when I was growing up. We used to say we're kingdom kids because they used to hold this thing called kingdom kids. You think different. You make decisions different. You deal with money differently. You deal with business differently. There's integrity. Everything's different because you're of another kingdom. You get born again. You get born. You're citizens of another place. What does it mean to release the kingdom through demonstration? Everything from a life lived to a life of character to signs, wonders, and miracles. Revival is where God accomplishes what we cannot. I'll just say it that way. It's where God accomplishes what we cannot. 
Revival makes you unsatisfied with normal church life. It's true. It does. Once you have tasted of God in that way, nothing else will satisfy. Nothing. In fact, they've done a study that most of the people who lead revivals were children in a past revival. Friends, I grew up seeing the power of God daily. It was commonplace for us. And you never forget what that feels like. Nothing else makes sense after that. Nothing else matters. You never forget that atmosphere, that sense of electricity in the room. You never forget the people getting out of wheelchairs. You never forget the power of God in front of you. You never forget what you saw. You never forget it. And nothing else. It's not that you're unsatisfied with Christ. Obviously you are. You grow in Christ. You grow in the Word. But there's something in you that says there's more than this. There's more than this. And the true motive of a person who longs for the demonstration of the power of God, a real motive should be to release and to reveal the heart of a father, not to be the man of power. Because Jesus, in everything he did, he said, if you want to know what the father is like, look at me. Everything he did, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And when you've lived that, when you've experienced that, there's something in you that changes. There's a deep cry inside of you that no one can silence because you know what you've seen and you know what you've heard. You know what you've experienced. I've actually got a photo of John G. Lake and William Branham and all these guys in the Zuzu Street Revival of a young boy sweeping up, serving. Serving. Yeah. Very powerful. Serving in the background, sweeping the floor. That young boy was F.F. F. Bosworth. He became one of the greatest preachers, one of the greatest teachers on healing in the last 100 years. So he grew up and he led the next one. Because something comes inside of you that I, I just cannot explain. But I believe with all my heart that God doesn't want revivals to be like they are in the past. I really believe that. Because in the past it goes for two or three years and then the church or someone or we try to control it and it dies. I believe that God is wanting to raise a people, a kingdom people, who can see a perpetual, ongoing sense of God moving. Ongoing. So there's no longer one person, but there's hundreds and there's thousands of people. I used to believe with all my heart that revivals are based on the sovereignty of God. God just chooses and then it is. There is an aspect of that. But I've come to understand over years, friends, I've been searching God's face. I'm just being very personal, very real with you, for the real thing for years and years. And I've come to understand what largely holds us back in the church is a lack of understanding of how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. That's largely what it is. And that sounds offensive to people. But that's a fact. Because He always wants to move. He always wants to touch. He always wants to change. He always wants to bring life. Always. Always wants to heal. 134 times in the Bible... It says, then they will know that I am God. I think I would say it's every single time. I think there's one or two times maybe that it's not. But almost every time, it follows a sign, a wonder, a miracle, a demonstration of power. Almost every single time. Jesus said it's his desire that we would bring the Father glory. That we would bring glory to God. That it's his desire that we would have fruit that lasts. He says... Because when you have fruit that lasts, it brings God glory. You know, if you go do a study, 
on the glory of God, all through the Hebrew and the Greek, and you take that word glory, and you do a study, either whenever it talks about God got given glory, or God got glory, or God was glorified through this, you go do a study on that. Because most of the time that people are afraid of something supernatural is because they feel like man's going to get the glory. Or man's going to steal the glory. Well, you go look at the Bible, friends. And you'll see that almost every single time that it talks about that, if you look at the highest number of times in terms of the amount of times that it mentions that God's given glory, the number one, the most, is following a miracle, sign, wonder, healing, a demonstration of power. The second one underneath that, way down, is in Exodus and talks about the glory being revealed through the pillar of fire and the cloud. But the most often common mentioned where God was glorified through people was through signs, wonders, and miracles and healings and displays of power. Every single time in the Bible, it came to a point when it says, whose God is actually God? I'll give you an example, Elijah on the Mount of Carmel. There was never a debate. It was a display of power wasn't a debate. And today, we've dumbed it all down to intellectual debate to convince people into the kingdom. And we've taken the Holy Spirit out of it. Friends, it's error. That's what I see on social media all the time. People debating back and forth. Stop that stuff. Pray for them. Just pray for them. Because you're engaging in a supernatural God. John 15. The fruit of John 15, when Jesus said... You will bring glory to the Father by being fruitful. That being fruitful is not talking about the fruit of the Spirit. It's not talking about Galatians 5 fruit. Love, patience, peace, kindness, joy, self-control. That's the fruit of being. Remember I said that the two ways you can really demonstrate, you can really demonstrate that the kingdom of God is through a life lived, that's character. That's the fruit of being. That's love, patience, peace, kindness, you're actually demonstrating the kingdom. The other way is through power. That's the fruit of John 15. That's the fruit of doing. The fruit of doing. When he, it was in the upper room discourse when he said, if you ask for anything in my name, greater works you will do. I'll have to go so that you can receive the Holy Spirit. You will bring glory to the Father if you're fruitful. It's the fruit of doing. The demonstration of the kingdom through our character shows the world that we are not subject any longer to the ruler of the air nor his ways, nor his doctrines of self, of fear, of lies and deceit. We are free. In other words, we've understood, we've come to understand that when we were born under Adam, we were actually the emotions and all the stuff we were raised with was not who God intended us to be, that we become free because we're saved. And therefore, because we're free, we've put to death the old man and we're free from others and how they infect us and we have to get our own and you better and you must. We're free from that stuff because we know who we are. We're sons and daughters of the king. That's the demonstration of, of the kingdom through our life lived, through character. I'm free, and I demonstrate that I'm free because when you look at me, you think I'm nothing like that person. When you look at you, gee, they're just so free. You cannot affect them. You cannot offend them. You cannot hurt them. I think of Paul. Paul amazes me. It says they, he went to Lystra, Iconium, Derby, and they stoned him, and they left him for dead. Personally, I believe he died. It doesn't say that. That's just what I believe. It says they left him for dead outside the city, which is what they used to do with stoned people. And it says, so when he rose up, that's why I believe he was dead, he just went back in the city and continued to preach. You couldn't hurt that man because he was free here, inside. He was free. I'm free from you. And because I'm free from you, now I can love you. 
and now I can really love you because it's not dependent on how you treat me. That's the demonstration of the kingdom by a life lived. I'll read the rest of it. Free from people, free from self, the self that was born in the garden, free from fear. The fruit of being is a very, 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 very loud message to the world. And the result of that can actually be salvation, life, healing to other people. The fruit of doing, next one. Demonstration of the kingdom through power. Real, I'm talking dunamis. The word in the Greek is where we get our word dynamite. The laying on of hands, the blessing, the declaration, the power of God coming upon a person is proof that the unseen, invisible realm is real and that Jesus is the only door. And that He is the only one with all authority. The fruit of doing which brings salvation, life, peace, healing, and order, not chaos. Jesus said, when you are fruitful in this way, you bring glory to my Father. So this fear that some people have, that if we go and if we want to see the Holy Spirit do what actually He wants to do, that the glory will go to man. Publicly, you don't see that. You see when the Holy Spirit shows up because He is also God. And He has to do what only He can do, that God gets the glory. Amen? Amen. That's what you see in the Bible. Now, why God gets the glory? In John 2.11, when He changed the water into wine, it says, he thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. Just as an example. He revealed his glory and the disciples put their faith in him. When the glory of God is seen, sometimes people need a demonstration to believe in the Lord. In the New Testament, friends, we, people get offended at that. Well, they, we must just preach the gospel and they must believe. And I know I'm treading on toes today, but I'm okay with it. Because we need to unbox and unshackle and allow the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit. To be who He is. And there's so many camps of thought. Get out of camps. Fall in love with Jesus and obey Him. Do what He says to do. It's really that simple. And you will grow and you will learn. Yes, you will make mistakes. But don't get in camps of thought. Just love Christ. Love the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit speak. Do whatever He puts in your heart to do. And yes, you're going to grow in all sorts of different activities and gifts. I've always said it's not even about the gifts. It's about the giver of the gifts. John G. Lake said that in 1908. Forget the gifts, get the giver. Because he's the giver of them all. That's the Holy Spirit. Because the kingdom is released through the Holy Spirit. In John's Gospel, there are many signs. Signs is more the word that John used for the miraculous. There are many signs. I think there's seven major ones, but it doesn't really matter. But most of them, I think six out of the seven, most of them... Jesus told his disciples to do something before anything happened. And they had to trust God that God would come through and do something. And once they acted, supernatural came. Not before. That's faith. So God speaks. Think about the journey of this church in the last year. Friends, we had no idea where we were going to go. But God spoke, so we acted. Could have looked like fools. Really. Still could. But when God speaks, you act and He comes through. It's not a test. It's the way of the kingdom. It runs on trust, faith, and life, and hope. In the nature and the character of God, not just His actions. In who He is. Do you believe that He is who He says He is? That's the kingdom.
That's the kingdom. 1 Corinthians 4.20. We know the scripture. I know I'm all over the place today, but it's, we're going to get to Luke 11, God willing. 1 Corinthians 4.20. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. The word power is not exousia there. It's not authority. It's the word dunamis. Or dynamis. The kingdom of God is not of talk, but of power. Now that doesn't mean that kingdom declaration doesn't have authority. This is written to a Greek audience that all they would do was sit around and debate and debate and debate and debate and debate and argue. And my point and your point, he said it's not a matter of talk but of power. Let me read you something. Paul says this, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me. The things which you learned, preaching which you received by the prophecy and by the laying out of my hands, the gift that is in you. You received something from this man through the laying out of hands and through prophecy. The things you learned, the things you received, the things you heard, the things you saw in me, these do. Talk about it. Do it. What you saw me do, you do. That's Paul. Jesus said very similar things. Freely have you received, freely give. And the God of peace will be with you. In fact, when Paul was writing, I think it was to the Corinthians, and he talked about these people have come in your midst, these teachers, these false people that have come in your midst, he said, they are of talk, but when I come, I will see if they have power. <laughs> That's what he said. Because the kingdom is advanced. The kingdom is not a matter of talk, but of power. It was the catalyst in the book of Acts. And many leaders and many pastors and many whatever say, Holy Spirit, come. And I heard someone say it like this. But when you come, just come gently and sit down in the back row and we'll tell you what to do and when to do and how to do because we don't want to upset the culture and the people. And friends, yet there are people sitting in that church, sitting in all our churches, dying for the move of God. But the problem is, often we think, well, it must come through that person. What about you? Are you not the church? Do you not have the same spirit? I'm not provoking. I'm challenging the way you think and the way we think. Friends, Romans 8, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in me. The word same, very important. When Lazarus was raised from the dead, was it a different Holy Spirit? that was operating through Jesus. He was there. Do you think he's forgotten how to do that? Every healing, every miracle, every heart changed, every salvation, every life touched, same Spirit was there. The Spirit of God hovered over the waters. The Spirit of the bride say, come. From one end to the other, Holy Spirit. The first, he was there, and he was there. And the kingdom is released through a life by the Holy Spirit through demonstration. Let's go to Luke chapter 11 if we can. Let me qualify something very quickly. I grew up in a home. My parents are not here. Many of you know them. Friends, we saw power, the real thing. And it was regular. My sister cast the demon out of someone when she was seven years old. I wouldn't suggest you let your kids do that. But it was common to us. It was normal to us. We saw the power of the Lord. 
My sister got saved because she heard angels singing welcome to the family in her bedroom. She went to my mom and dad the next day. She said, that was the best music you guys ever sang at Life Group. I was singing along with you. My mother said, we didn't even sing. We didn't sing last night, my dear. That's how she got saved. This is how we grew up. But I've noticed something over years and years and years of watching and learning and growing and seeing God. I've learned that just demonstration alone. I've seen so many people. They come, they get free, they go back. They come, they get free, they go back. They come, they get free, they go back. It becomes like a hospital. That's why kingdom decisions, friends, if they would submit themselves to a process of making decisions based on this, kingdom decisions, kingdom discipleship, kingdom mentoring, kingdom speech, kingdom in the heart, that's how you stay free. That's how you stay free. And I've seen some people come again and again and again and again. We had this one lady, this one young girl in youth group many years ago. Every retreat, big deliverance. Every single one. And eventually we sat her down and said, young lady, it's going to happen again. We're not upset, we're not mad, but the way you're living, if you continue to live like that, it's going to get worse. So eventually we got to a point, I'm just, can I be just real with you? Where we said, we actually don't want to pray for you. Because Jesus said, if they come back, you're going to get worse. And the way you're living is not going to help you, it's going to get worse. We're going to wait until you make some kingdom decisions. So she did. And now she's free. That's why decisions are so powerful. It's not just boom and leave. No, friends. And we always read these stories about the Smith Wigglesworth and these guys, and it just seemed instant. Let me tell you, for every instant one, that's why they write the books. For every instant one, there were 30 that weren't. You don't see their whole lives. And it doesn't just come like this. Often, often, it's praying and helping them to learn not to get offended when God doesn't do exactly what they want, when they want, how they want. It's praying with, even fasting, sitting. You know how many times my wife has fasted? over people in this church just when they have a hard decision to make. She fasts and prays for them. It's fasting, sitting with them, talking with them, dealing with the issues of the soul and the hurt and the unforgiveness, taking them through a process. Then the kingdom comes. Then the instant comes. It's not just boom, you're fixed and leave. There's no love there. There's no relationship there. There's no, Peter, feed my lambs. Yet, the kingdom is released through demonstration. The laying on of hands, friends, the laying on of hands, we've trivialized it. Just boom, Jesus bless you. There's so much power there. Laying on of hands. In the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands. Can we go to Luke 11? Friends, I want to stir your heart for the supernatural. I want to stir your heart for the supernatural. Words of knowledge. You know why I long and why I started to pray for words of knowledge soon after I got saved? Because I read the Bible. And the Bible said that if you reveal the secrets of a person's heart, they will fall down to their knees and worship. And I thought that is the fastest way to bring worship to God out of a person. So Lord, reveal to me the secrets of the heart that no one else will know because the lamb must receive the reward for his suffering. That's why the power must come. Not to make us anything, so that He can receive the reward for His suffering. Our Father in heaven, 
Verse 2. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Not my kingdom. Not my rule. Not my domain. Your kingdom come. I feel like for most of my life, since I was a kid, I've been pressed up against the fence, pressing into God's power, saying, God, release what I know you can release. Because it's his kingdom, not ours. Jesus said in John, go read John 18 when you get home. Such an amazing scripture. Jesus and Pilate. And the Pharisees and all of them, they come and they stand outside the praetorium, which is the governor's household. And they're not allowed to go inside because of the Jewish law that they were just having Passover and they didn't want to become ceremonially unclean, so they stand outside. So Pilate, knowing this, comes out to them and they start accusing Christ. He says, I find no fault with this man. So much so that he invites Jesus into the praetorium. In other words, he pulled him aside where they couldn't go. He says, come with me, and he starts to ask him questions. You know what Jesus says? My kingdom is not of this world. Just Think about that for a second. You know that word world is the word cosmos. He says, you say rightly that I'm a king. But my kingdom, my rule, my authority, my domain is not based in this cosmos. It's not of earth. It's not from here. If it were, he says, my servants would fight that I would not get arrested by the Jews. In other words, he's saying, it's not an earthly way. It's not an earthly kingdom. It has nothing like what you understand. So my kingdom is not from here. It is not subject to natural law. Go home and think about that. It does not originate from here. Luke 11. Your kingdom come. Go down to verse 5. Can I have, Dwayne, can I use you for something? Sorry, John, can I use you? Because you are such a shy, quiet guy. So let's get you up here. Why not, right? You look really good, by the way. Dwayne, you're doing all right. I'm just kidding. Says, says this. Yeah, you're okay with that. Can you come to this side? It says this. Which of you shall have a friend? So we'll be friends. Okay. You're going to be Jesus. Don't worry about it. So, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, oh, sorry, you're not Jesus, and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for another friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I, I have nothing to set before him so I need to come to you. I'm coming to you because I don't have to sit before him. And he needs something that I don't have, so I've got to come to you. You see that? All right, thanks, guys. I have sat across the table from many, many parents, loved ones, spouses, even children for their parents, many parents for their children, saying, I heard when you prayed, I heard when your dad prayed, I heard when you guys in this church or something, you prayed and they got healed or they got set free. So please, can you come? I've brought you another one. Can you fix them too? You don't know how many times I've sat there thinking, I have nothing to give you. I have nothing to lay before you. Or you pray and nothing happens. There is a journey that is required of some people. Because I believe we owe the world to be able to demonstrate what Christ looks like. And there's a journey, and it's an uncomfortable journey. I've prayed for hundreds, nothing happened. Now, either I can find a doctrine to justify that, or I can allow it to make me as, as uncomfortable as it is making me, 
and I find him on my knees again to do something in me so that I can become something for them. There's a friend that came to me on my journey. I have nothing to set before them. So I go to the one who does. That's why I'm saying it's not always instant. And there's fasting and there's prayer and there's weeping and there's discipleship and there's learning and there's growing and there's frustration and there's anger at times. So that we can say, the Lord. He says, though he will not rise and give to him, verse 8, because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will rise and give him as many as he needs. And I used to read that saying, Lord, why will you not rise and give to me? That sounds so mean. That's mean, Lord. You're mean. Who's ever read it like that? You say, well, they're not rise because he's his friend. What it's actually trying to say is that in the process and when you're learning, the answers that you don't feel come have nothing to do with your relationship with him. Your relationship with him is safe. You're not an orphan. You are still his son. You are still his daughter. You are still with him. You are still with him. You are still with him. And he's still with you. Don't let the lack of something affect your view of him. There's a lot of things in play when it comes to the demonstration of the kingdom. Either a life lived or power. There's a lot of things that come into play. And we don't see. We only see dimly, the Bible says. We don't see it all. So every single time if I had to and then nothing and then I get frustrated and mad at God because he didn't and I think I'm commanding him instead of listening to what he tells me. If I allow that to affect me, you'll find the joy goes and the life of Christ, the love for people. People begin to approach you. I'm just being real. I've been there, friends. For years I lived there. People begin to approach you and all you see is a problem. And you think, oh, I don't have it in me today. Because then you're living off yourself still. comes through the Spirit of the Lord. See, then Jesus says this, and we all know the Scripture. So I say to you, seek, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened. What context is the Scripture coming in? We all know the Scripture. What's the context? The context is about coming to this friend, which the context was about your kingdom come. He said, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done. He said, let me tell you a story to explain it. He tells them this parable, the story of a friend. And then he gets practical. So because of that, ask. Ask. And it will be given. Seek, you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. For me, this is just for me, the next three words are the most important. If a son if a son. Very, very important. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? You know what that's actually saying? Back in those days, in the Middle East, there, there was a scorpion that would curl up and look like an egg, white scorpion. And from a distance, you couldn't tell if it was an egg or a scorpion. There was a fish and snake that looked almost exactly the same. And the bread they made was round cakes. It wasn't, you know, nice and sliced plastic. No, no. Round in a clay oven. And so from a distance, the stone and bread looked the same. What was he saying? You're going to ask your father for something, and you think he's going to give you a counterfeit that looks real, but it's not? He says, if a son, 
if a son, if you then being evil, speaking to the people, not saying that they were evil in action, being evil because they were born under Adam with a sinful nature, if you being of earth, if you being of this place, not of the kingdom, if you being of evil, of earth, of natural birth, not supernatural birth, born again, if you even know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, the one who comes from somewhere else, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? But if you don't understand sonship, if it's a son asking a father, it's one thing. If it's a person who's living in Egypt here in their mind, and they've built their house with their thoughts, and they're still thinking like a slave and not a kingdom son. If a son asks a father, it's a relationship. Friends, how powerful it is for people to understand the way God sees you, the heart of a father and the heart of a son. The most powerful component on the release of God's kingdom through power comes through a son who asks a father. The way you think the father views you determines how you ask. That's why, friends, when I grew up, I saw these wonderful things. But I found in my heart there was brokenness, insecurity, fear, shame, pride. All the reasons I wanted to pray for people and see something happen for the first couple of years was all because of me. I wanted to be the next dude. And then that eventually dies. That takes a while to die. I mean, that eventually dies. And then it's a love for the people, but you realize there's something, and you go on a journey. And in the same time, you're going on a journey of how to demonstrate the kingdom with character. Because you don't want to be the person who's going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And kingdom decisions, and submission to authority, even when you don't like authority, like you, even when you don't like the authority. Whoever your elders or governor or whatever, submission to authority, I'm on a journey. These little things, these little foxes that come in that destroy this whole vineyard. But we are on a journey and we long to manifest and demonstrate the kingdom. But we get so quickly offended when it doesn't work the first or second time. We give up and say, well, that's for that person. Friend, we're not all going to be whoever your hero is. Not at all. But you don't understand sometimes. We don't realize how much we've been given. Fathers, do we realize how powerful it is how powerful it is to walk up to your child and pray a father's blessing. So powerful. You're releasing and manifesting the kingdom. And that will be there for years, those words, even if they don't remember them. It will remain above them because you have authority over them. This is why, with all that brokenness and hurt and stuff inside me, I, people have come to me and said, Oh, we, you know, you're a good teacher of the Scripture. I don't necessarily think I am, but that's what people have said. But you know where it comes from? It comes from my search for the real thing. So you go to the Scripture, not to your experience, to the Scripture, and you search, and you pray, and you search, and you get into the Scripture. Because I have a passionate belief that God is not a respecter of persons, because that's what the Bible says. Isn't that favorites? So you go to the scripture and you say, Lord, show, teach, change, change, teach, encourage, uplift, teach me, Holy Spirit, form me into the image of Christ. 
Why? So that the Lamb may receive the reward for his suffering through your life. And because of that, you get to know the Scripture. And you get to love the Scripture. And the Scripture is the thing with authority, not your experience. And so when the enemy throws something at you, you're like, well, that's silly. The Bible says that. Well, you wouldn't know that if you didn't read it. And it becomes second nature to you. And you start to see and you start to learn. Friends, I just wanted to stir your hearts today, just for the supernatural. That's why righteousness, you've all heard me teach, probably to exhaustion, some of you, on righteousness, on identity, on the Father. Why? Because it changed the way I see the Father, and it changed the way I believe the Father sees me, and that changes my approach, which gives me the ability in God, in Christ. I'm no source, now no one is in Christ, to release and manifest the kingdom to others more than just words, to release the kingdom because of His love for them. Can we stand?